Welcome back to another episode of That's When I Knew the Podcast. We are real people having real conversations about the journey towards building a meaningful career. I'm your host, Robert Creighton. And I'm your co-host, Sakia Kanadu. And uh, today is, uh, th- this is the first episode of Black History Month, and we couldn't have a better guest uh, to kick this, this month off for us. Um, our guest today has spent the last two and a half decades advocating for diversity and technology. Uh, he's the founder and CTO of BlackFacts.com, which is the Internet's first black history encyclopedia. And I, I implore all of our listeners to go onto the website every day uh, and learn something about black history and the accomplishments of you know black black Americans in the United States and around the world. But without further ado, I want to welcome Mr. Ken Granderson to the podcast. Thank you, thank you, uh, and yeah, thank you so much for having me. It, it's um, I'm, I'm always charged to see, you know, younger folks, black folks about something, and that y'all clearly are about it. <laughs> thank you. Well, it's it's a pleasure having you on the show today, and I'm really excited yeah. to to learn a lot more about your your career journey, and you know. Two and a half decades in tech and as a software engineer at that, you know, that's that's your foundation. Um, but b- before we get into your history, um, I-, I would love if you could share a bit more about black uh, blackfacts.com and what your mission is and, and what you know, what you're all building with black, black, black facts stuttering this this afternoon. Right, right. Sure, sure. <laughs> um, in the simplest analysis, black facts is about putting black people back in charge of our narratives, in charge of our stories. Um, I was very fortunate in many ways, one, one being able to get involved in this industry where I discovered there was nothing stopping us from doing whatever we wanted to do. And so I decided, because tech is the, my thing, that's my, the one thing I do, not so great at a lot of other things, that I was going to use those skills to try and do my part to open doors ahead because I realized that a whole lot of doors that I just strolled through that, you know, folks like John Lewis beat open with their heads. And so I said, well, you know what, let me, let me do my thing and do my best to make sure that black folks see themselves reflected in this, what was then new computer thing, this new technology thing. So, you know, so that was in 97, back when people who weren't nerds were starting to get email addresses like everyone, it was CompuServe and America Online. Those are like the two shows for getting email addresses. And, you know, we just wanted to make sure that black folks uh, saw themselves reflected in this. Absolutely. Yeah. How, how did, super. oh, go ahead, go ahead, Zakia. I was just going to say that's super important. Yeah. Um, I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think so. I mean, you know, I grew up in um, the Bed-Stuy neighborhood of Brooklyn, where I call, you know, you know the neighborhood formerly known as Do or Die Bed-Stuy. Uh, it's, it, it's now the new and improved Bed-Stuy, but, you know, I certainly didn't have role models around me of folks um, in many white collar kind of industries, et cetera. So, you know, I, even though I went to MIT, um, my vision of what success was, was, you know, get a tech job was doing better than my daddy who worked for the post office. So that was mission accomplished. And right. so, you know, so I realize it's very important that we see ourselves reflected in, um, you know, industries, um, in positions of control and power, especially. Um, and that, that, that's something that I'm concerned about in the present 
tech industry as far as black people. But um, but yeah, yeah. So so, you know, I, I the way I viewed it, I really didn't have much other choice. <laughs> so I need to be doing how, how, what was your upbringing? You, you mentioned your father was uh, in the post in the post office, worked in the post office. What, what was your upbringing like in, in Bed-Stuy? Um, I would call it like like maybe like lower middle class. Um, we never had a bunch of stuff, but we never went hungry. Okay. You, you, you know, you know, you know, my, my, you know, like I said, my daddy worked for the post office. My my mom at first was a stay at home mom. She actually started working secretarial jobs um, for local Methodist churches so that my brother and I could go to private school. Okay. And that really changed our lives, um, you know, such that I was put on a in, in an environment that the way we black kids used to say, it, you know, they were taking our folks, our parents' money and scholarships and in exchange for trying to get us in so-called good schools. And you know, yeah. you know, so that was that was their deal. And they did a good job at it, I have to say. <laughs> yeah, you know, but but they they did make sure that we could learn whatever we wanted to learn. You know, so it was me, you know, and and you know, one of the only Asian kids in the class. You know, um, in my class, you know, in the the computer class and the calculus class and all that, you know, they made sure that that even if they had a teacher two days, uh, you know, two days a week that we could learn. So I got exposed to computers. You know, we had to go to local colleges back then. This is the late 70s. So, you know, so I got that 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 bug. But because we couldn't my family couldn't afford computers, I got into stereo and started DJing. And that's a story for another, another day. Um, you know, but I got back into it, you know, later on. Yes. Yes. So did I answer your question? It was basically, you know, you know, working class black folks, um, you know, got into a good school where education was prioritized. And, um, and then, so, so were, were you, were you, were you really good at like math? Yeah. Because <laughs> like, getting into MIT is like, how did? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, 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 <laughs> yes. yeah. See, back then I was the bookworm. You know, okay. I got okay. contacts on. I had the Coke bottle glasses and all that. Kind <laughs> of, all right. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, yeah. And and honestly, when I I went to MIT, I wanted to do computer science. But when I saw the computer science majors, right? They're like these heavy set. You know. Like like mountain man looking dudes with, with their life on their backpack. I was like, ah, oh, nah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 17 years old. There's girls here. I don't want to go that route. Yeah. <laughs> so I ended up DJing, and that worked out pretty well. In that, I think that frankly, that helped me not become a socially maladjusted nerd. <laughs> Rather, than, okay. Although I am happy to just deal with the computers all day, every day. I, I'm I'm a nerd, and you know. <laughs> okay, so even when you were, you know, younger, you know, your your little kid, let's say we're in like elementary school, middle school, you know, what were some careers, you know, maybe there was a career day. Did you have an idea of what you wanted yeah. to do? Yes, yes. And I, I really have to, you know, so much of this goes back to what I sometimes jokingly say to some, some of my my friends who have had more challenging upbringings that that part of the, one of the best decisions I ever made was being born into the right family, mm. <laughs> right? you know, because I was born into a family that um, not only valued education, but they um, supported my interests. 
Mm. So okay. what I, I recall wanting to be a veterinarian when I was a kid. But I think it was like dissecting frogs that got me off that. because I, I liked them too much to want to cut them up. But then I was collecting shells, which really is like, what's, there's not much future in that, okay? <laughs> <laughs> then I got into collecting coins, which yeah. was cool, especially because my uncle had a, a, a grocery store. And I remember he had, I had like buckets of pennies or whatever. That's a rich person's hobby. And I never got past a certain level on that. You know, but they encouraged it. So right. when I got into computers, they encouraged that too. And, they, you know, that, that's one of the things, like I say, that those sort of things make so much of a difference in what kind of trajectory someone is on. You know, are you in a home where you are silenced or punished for asking questions? No, mm -hmm. I was in the opposite. I was, you know, I was in a home where, where folks said, well, we don't know this, but here, read these books. Right, right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and honestly, when I think about it, one of the things I think about is that I grew up in a home where, you know, my dad had in the living room had created a bookcase that went from like floor to ceiling with books. I don't know if they read all them books, you know, but we had like the World Book Dictionary and stuff like that. And I remember in the 80s, in another era of my life, when I was um, uh, working with a, and get this, if you Google it, you only find one article about Linnell Mattox. She was a Mary Kay millionaires who started a black owned and operated Mary Kay clone that was very successful for several years. Um, you don't the, it's pre Google, so it's hard to find out much of any. But but I was friends with the lady who brought that business to Boston and ended up working with them for a while. And not, so I was in a whole bunch of black women's homes for a few years in the mid 80s. And I saw CDs nary a book to be seen but oh. bam you know rahim could dance though you, you, you know you know you know and we wonder why we're not doing as well in certain areas mm. you know there is a direct line i believe between you know, you know what kind of things are being emphasized at home mm -hmm. right. um yeah 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 because my quote normal was being around books yeah you know? so yeah yeah no i i yeah, you got to uh, keep me on track, man. Just no, no, I, that's my job. <laughs> I'm just warning you. I'm just warning you. No, but I, I, I love the points that you're making, though, because that's that's a that's a good point. You know, uh, especially like a lot of urban and like you know, in poverty. You know, depending on when you grow up, if there's not if if there's if your parents and your family don't value education and learning, then it's going to be hard for that child to want to have a desire to do that as well. So right. yeah. that's a good point. Um, Right. I, I mean, and, and even to piggyback on that, because remember, I grew up all pre-internet, right? Mm -hmm. You know, but, yeah. to, but today, when mm. so many folks are walking around with computers that they say are more powerful than what we sent people to the moon with, but mm. if you're looking at, you know, cat and rap videos, all day, yeah. maybe you're not utilizing this thing to the best of right. your capability because, you know, a, a single thread through everything that I've done is, was basically trying to connect black people and communities of color in general to the incredible opportunities that are available to you, either mm -hmm. by getting in the industry or just using this information. You got the combined knowledge of the human race walking mm -hmm. around with you, whether you want to be, you know, a better parent, you know, you know, you know, a, a better at your non-technical career, whatever, but yeah. we don't use these things. Right. You know, 
yeah. The internet, it, it could be your, your biggest weapon. Like, you can really use it to catapult your life, but it could also just send you back, all the yeah. way back, you know? Like right. anything. Like, um, exactly. Like anything. You yeah. know, yes, yes. So, so I, and, and honestly, you know, I mentioned that um, my aspirations were somewhat modest. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because of my background, I, I will always credit my, my older brother, Rick, for introducing mm-hmm. me to motivational material, some of the old school, the old school thinking grow rich. Not, not Dennis Kimbrough hadn't written his book yet, you know. Yeah. And it was through reading some of that literature that I really started expanding my mind, and I realized what I consider like 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 the biggest secret that's not a secret, which is that we can control our minds. Right. We can yeah. control what we want to like. Yes. What we think is cool. What we want to do. You know, because because you're gonna you're gonna do more of what you like, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, so let me. So ask, I made, speak- I learned how to make myself like the stuff yeah. that I thought was going to help me move forward. And, and let me let me ask you this: So when you when you got into computer science, like let's say after going to MIT after graduating, like what really drew like what was the driving factor for you to pursue a career in in the computer science field? Was it like because out of full transparency, a lot of times we're telling people to get into, to get the jobs where you can make a lot of money, and you can make a lot of money being a computer science. But it sounds like you were also driven by passion. But I would love if you could share with us like what really drove you to want to pursue that career. Right, but sure. All right, again, um, date check. Okay, I graduated in 1985, which was the year like the IBM PC came out. So it was, it was, you know, things weren't established and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I think it was around 89, 90. I got back into it. And for me, it was always more of a creative outlet. Mm. Okay. You know, in high school, in one of these courses that we took, um, we, there was this Star Trek game that printed out on paper. And we basically pirated it and 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 made it run on these screens where... You know, it was black and white, whatever, but, you know, you could to kill the Klingons, it, it went beep, 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 beep. And we were just like, oh, wow, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it was that creative outlet for me, the ability, mm-hmm. the unbridled freedom to think of something and be like, yo, I can do this. Mm. Um, and so, you know, given the, 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 the double edged sword of having certain things kind of at your fingertips, it's like, okay. Yes, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Going to certain schools, no one's gonna ever ask about your GPA or whatever. You know, right. the double ed. The other side of that though is that it's easy to get into a rut, you know, mm-hmm. and it's easy to end up in places where you might not, you might wake up and say like, oh wow, how did I get here? Mm-hmm. So I tried to be um, purposeful and conscious about you know what I was doing, and so like like even my first tech job, which was with hardware because I was I went electrical engineering with more building the circuits you know I was working right. mm-hmm. a company that made a blood analysis device for diabetics that fit in a pen size mm-hmm. before that they were like this big you know mm-hmm. not that discreet um, right. you know um, etc so I was always had this you know sort of do-gooder kind of you know <laughs> kind of thinking uh-huh. <laughs> that drove it and I and I knew that I would be making more money mm-hmm. you know than what you know, than, than what I was used to. So that was yeah. never a driving force. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to say, as the years have gone by, one of many things that, that I've been a bit disappointed in is seeing how 
the materialism that mm. I believe really took hold in the 80s. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's old saying that when America gets a, a cold, black folks get pneumonia. You know, I think, you know, you know, people call it the me generation, whatever. I think that a lot of black folks just went totally just off the chains with the materialism. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I see many people now who are, are frankly just not well suited for the industry mm -hmm. who, you know, you know, who get in because they're, you know, they're looking to get paid. Yeah. And, and I've seen, you know, I had one one schoolmate who actually um, you know, represents the, the worst case scenario for what happens when you can get into that kind of pressure where he ended up taking his life, mm -hmm. um, you know, because of academic pressures and stuff like that, you know, yeah. but, but, um, so like I said, yeah, for me, it was always, you know, primarily that, you know, and a creative outlet because there weren't these restrictions. And then what I did experience, um, in, this is like the, because of the book that I mentioned before, getting a program in the book, that I was able to um, earn as much on what was, quote, a side hustle mm -hmm. as my regular job. And this was now free date check again, 1992-93. This is before the age of free software. So, you know, for those who have grown up in an era of free software don't may not realize that you know it used to be commonplace for folks to drop 20 bucks 10 bucks on a piece of software and i found 2000 people to to drop 20 bucks on a piece of software that i had because it was in a book that that ended up in um computer stores and you know at the time i you know had like a $43,000 salary so i ended up leaving the job and because i was at the time you know you know in basement apartment um you know, no connections, no external help, you know, going on, I realized that this was an incredible opportunity for black people to get involved in this brand new industry. There was no yeah. old boy network. There was mm. nobody saying, oh, you're black. We're not going to buy your stuff. In fact, mm. um, I had a few customers from South Africa mm -hmm. and I was also doing some programming work um, by some folks in Arizona who I don't even, I don't know if they were doing the Martin Luther King holiday then, but they, mm -hmm. and these folks happened to be Mormons who had just, you know, let us in high places in their church, like the past decade, but they rec they uh, respected honest hustle. Mormons, you know, they, they're very much like yeah. that, you know? And so I said, you know what, this might be, this new industry might be a new kind of game because you don't need lots of dollars to get involved. You don't need investors, et cetera. So mm -hmm. let me start creating things and creating things that speak to our, us. Yeah, yeah. I, lo I love it. I love that you say that, too, because there really is a creative aspect to to software development. And like you said, if you can create something and people love it, it doesn't matter who, you know, really. I mean, if, if you know, if it gets into the hands of the right person or people, you can you'll, you'll be able to find success. Exactly, exactly. And I've tried, um, you, know, you know, you know, in my, my quote career has been very atypical mm -hmm. because more most of the time I've been independent. You know, yeah. there have been times when I've you know worked regular jobs and there have been times when, um, you know, I'm, I'm, and I've also you know, done different contracts, you know, uh, you know, like right now, you know, we're doing a contract, uh, a couple of contracts for NYU around things that they're doing around some of their minority grad students, you know, um, mm -hmm. but 
almost all the time I have been able to choose what I worked on and, and work around on things that I thought were important. Yeah. You know, and I've always brought my blackness to, you know, to the party. Yeah, um, that's awesome. Yeah. What, what, what I know, I, I know that you've, you, so it sounds like you, most of your career has been independent, whether that's running your own business, wh- whether that's running black facts or just building things, building your own companies, right. Um, or side projects. Though the the what what what's been your experience working for like in the enterprise working for different companies specifically like HP I I saw that you were mm-hmm. you know you worked there for some years what what was that like and how does that how was that experience different than running your own stuff right well well it it the experience well first of all let me tell you how the HP thing happened okay because it wasn't like I went talking to HP um, around two thousand four. Because of basically because of globalization that cut contractor billing rates like in half and systems like WordPress, um, which was given away for free. What in Roxbury in 2002, I built a system similar to WordPress and for the website Roxbury.com, Roxbury being one of Boston's predominantly black communities. Mm-hmm. And I licensed that to Fleet Bank, now Bank of, Bank of America, for $150,000, right? WordPress made it almost impossible to do things like that, you know. And so, you know, I, 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 I joke sometimes that, yeah, like you know, in two thousand one, you know, you know, we brought in around four hundred fifty thousand and had a payroll of two twenty five thousand, you know. Then, like you know, two thousand three, you know, we brought in like you know a hundred of you know one hundred forty thousand and had a payroll of two hundred twenty five thousand. <laughs> So you don't have to have gone to MIT to know that that, that don't work out too well. So, so any, right. yeah, you know, so yeah, so I ended up um, shutting down the old business, inner city software, um, and started looking for contract opportunities and ended up being contacted by a company called quitnet.com, as in quitting smoking tobacco. <laughs> um, you, you know, they were like the first uh, smoke um, smoking cessation website, and they kind of, as the old saying goes, made me an offer I couldn't refuse. Uh-huh. You know, you know, to work for them, and I was like, okay, cool. You know, I, I helped them build up. I was like the second programmer. The first one left. I ended up building up a small team, etc. They got bought by a company called Healthways. It's out of Nashville. That was. Um, Looking, they, they, they bought like five companies that were in the health prevention market rather than health maintenance because they do programs like like if you, you've got a health plan and you, you know, you have a quit mm-hmm. smoking program, et cetera, you know. Mm-hmm. And then um, what happened a few years later was HP Healthways sold off their tech group to HP. Ah, I see. All right, yeah. So, the, yeah. That was, an, again, still atypical. Because um, not at first we were out of the Quitnet offices, and then we started working from home. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it reinforced everything that my gut was that I'm a small business kind of guy. Yeah. The bigger the business, the worse a fit I am. You know. So why is that? My, what you say? I'm sorry. Why, why, what What is it about like a bigger business that makes it? Some less appealing for you. What's, what is it about the bigger business that makes it less appealing for you? Um, I, I, I believe it is that because I am at ultimately a quote craftsperson yeah. and not a quote business person, that's why I don't recall at the very beginning if you said I was CEO or CTO. CTO. 
CTO. Okay, yeah, right, right, right. Okay, yeah, yeah. So because <laughs> when when deciding to do Black Facts as a business, um, I pulled on a longtime friend and, and partner in several issues, I mean, um, um, not issue, initiatives, uh, Dale Dowdy to be the CEO because he knows how to operate in the corporate world. Okay. I ain't so good at that. <laughs> you know, okay. I'm, the, I'm the mad scientist, creative genius <laughs> guy who can sit in the back room and dream up and build stuff. He right. knows how to talk to people like NYU, et cetera, et cetera, and show them, hey, we can build these things for you, et cetera. You know, yeah. you know so the, thing that, the things that I've seen that have me feeling like, you know, you know I'm, best, I'm best close to actually making the donuts, to building the stuff, is that the bigger mm-hmm. the business, the, the more layers of management go in. And if you get into the executive thing, no matter what industry you're in, it becomes spreadsheets. It's just about the money. You know, do have, yeah. how have yeah. we made our numbers? How have we made, oh, what do we do? Oh, I forgot because it doesn't matter at that level. <laughs> it's all about, did you make our financial projections? <laughs> you know, right. Yeah. You know, so my role at HP then ended up becoming, um, becoming like, like, like showing some offshore guys how to do what we were doing and talking to them at meetings. <laughs> which is mm. not what I was interested in doing. Right. I didn't complain because I'm getting paid to sit at home and talk to these guys <laughs> in right. meetings. But, but there was no real drive to really kind of continue to continue. Oh, on. absolutely not. Absolutely not. I mean, yeah. see, 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 I'm, I'm one of those kind of folks who would take less money for something that, you know, I'm more passionate about. Yeah. You, you, know, you know, even if I don't have like a big old bank account or whatever, because at the end of the day, um, you know, I I value I live my life. I'm a full participant in my life. I I'm like as far, long as much as, as far as we know, it's the only one we got. No dress rehearsal. So I want to. I, I focus on doing things that I think matter, connecting with people that matter. I don't do small talk. And and when I'm in a in a work situation, even if you're paying me to do stuff that I think is just absolutely pointless. It's hard for me to. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just, as you can see, totally honest, candid. I, no filter. No, that I. I mean, I respect that, and um, I respect that a hundred percent. So, what other, what other ad- advice would you give to, you know, young black professionals looking to get into to into tech and, and create, you know, their own their own business, from more from an entrepreneurial standpoint. Well, well. You know, you know, another thing. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking back of of a situation where um, me and my my well, he calls himself my protege, a, a brother named Raja Africa, who who he was my second in command. He was my number one for for a long time. He moved to Oregon, and now he he actually launched the first um, point of sale system in the cannabis industry in Oregon. You know, so he landed pretty pretty well. I remember we were meeting with folks at the city of Boston. Um, trying to get some sort of tech project. And I will never forget this because I remember we spent the first seven to 15 minutes explaining to the guy who was the, 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 the chief technology officer who was there because his daddy was working for the city, you know, mm. you know, trying to show him, yeah, we really do know what the H were doing, you know, <laughs> you know, et cetera. So yes, that in right white entitlement is it has been a thing, is a thing today. Don't expect that to go anywhere. But right. do not think for a minute that these folks are smarter than you. 
these executives. I have met very few executives that I thought were, were smarter than a whole bunch of dumb folks I know. You, you know, um, yes, because there's a lot of what they call imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah. I would say, you know what, folks, look, tech is hard. One of my contrarian things is this idea anybody can code. Like, you know, maybe, you know, but any, anybody can do surgery too. Trust me, you don't want me taking out your appendix. <laughs> I can cut, <laughs> but it don't mean you're going to survive, right? You know, so so there's this idea that I think a lot of people think it's easy. It's not easy. I've been doing yeah. this stuff almost 30 years. I get my butt beat on a regular basis still, right? So if you're having a tough time with the technology, that's just part of what you signed up for. You just didn't know. So don't take, you know, you know, don't mm. don't look at that. Don't diminish your perception of your skill because you right. can't turn it around quick. Most of the folks that I've seen turn stuff around quick turns around garbage code that ended up, you know, not being able to to grow or scale or 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 you know, you know, they had to rewrite, but a lot of times if they're a contractor they don't care because they're billing by the hour, you know, but and that's a whole nother another kind <laughs> like, of thing. I'm just here to do my job and just get it done. Here you go. Yeah, yeah. Well, well see then you got a lot of the managers who, you know, who I've seen kind of, you know, play into that same sort of thing. Um but but yeah, 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 yeah. Screw the imposter syndrome. You know, it's tough for everyone. Um, you know, yeah, just because, you know, it doesn't fall into place. It doesn't fall into place for anybody. You know, yeah. uh, I would encourage folks to always think about what's coming and think about things that are creative things. And, and, and if you can think about something that you like, because or, or that speaks to something that you're passionate about, something that you don't need um, to get paid to get you excited about. Because yeah. if you can bring that into what you're doing, I think you it'll be easier for you to stay up late at night to deal with your family or your kids being mad at you to, to right. you know to to go right. through the the things that are almost always required if you're going to be one of the folks who either rises to the stop top or is one of the last few standing when you know when there's massive changes. Yeah. Those are just some of the things that. Oh, that I love all of that. I love it's, to me. It's like it's the whole thing. Like, do it doesn't feel like work, right? So, because if you, if it doesn't feel like work, you'll be able to be passed. But which I guess well, what you're saying is, do it doesn't feel like work, but then also take two steps ahead. And if it doesn't feel like work, but it could be automated, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, right, right. And, and you know what? One of the things that one of my first programs, I just remembered, I got to add it to my my personal website where I list everything that I did. Is is which is amazing, by the way. I'm sorry. <laughs> I said your website is amazing, by the way. Uh, the, oh, were you talking about the Black Facts one or my personal? Your personal website. Oh yeah, yeah. What? Well, right. Well, one of the things I don't have on there that okay. I need to add is this little <laughs> pop-up joke program of your mama jokes. <laughs> <laughs> because see, that energy is what helped me, you know, help power me through learning this because there was no classes, there was no. You know, I didn't have nobody to talk to, you know, so it was something that was like, yeah, yeah I can't believe I'm doing a, a program on your mama, Joe. You know, <laughs> it, it, it was that silly kind of thing that yeah. helped me power through. Yeah. You All know, right. yeah. An- another thing that I encourage folks to think about, just just consider, is there a way that whatever you're doing 
can help move black people forward. Mm. Yep. Yeah, you know, you know, because, you know, for those of us who are on sort of like the career path, you know, the quote white collar path, it's it, it might be easy sometimes to, you know, you know, we're not quote struggling every day. And it's easy sometimes to think that, okay, you know, we don't need to do that. If nothing else, the last several years showed how easily things can go back, you know, so we have to, you know, we got to be vigilant and we, we have to make sure, you know, all, all of us are just a couple of cousins away from folks who are trying to figure out how they're going to eat tonight, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, you know, and so the things that we're doing, if we can bring some of the our skills to our local organizations, you know, our educational institutions, faith groups, whatever works for you, you know, just consider that because even if it's just show up in a, in a Zoom career day kind of thing to be like, yeah, I'm black and I work with, you know, with this, we need that. Yeah. You, know, you know, I would never be, be arrogant to say what anyone else should do. Yeah. But I believe that unless we do these things, you know, we, we will find we will be surprised one day that the next set of folks don't know who we are, don't know what we do and are only then exposed to the images and the aspirations of other folks who put messages out there who may not have our best interests at heart. Mm-hmm. Sorry yeah. for the soapbox, but no, no, everything you said was, was spot on. I love all the tips. And um, I had a follow up question to you. Just, I guess I'm curious more about black facts and like more from a technical side, not too technical because neither of us are software engineers, <laughs> but more like, like, how do you get all the facts and how do you fact check the facts? You know, <laughs> How do you fact check the facts? Right, yes. right. Well, that last one is real easy. We don't. <laughs> <laughs> right now, we grab them from trusted sources. Okay. Right, right, right. So, yes, fact checking is one of the most challenging things about any kind of informational sort of things. Um, so, right now, what happens in Black Facts is we're pulling information from um, different publications, Mm-hmm. Um, if, if many people either as subscribers or, or as, um, developers are familiar with RSS feeds, yes, really simple syndication headlines that, you know, that we pull in and then, um, the, the platform that I built that I call Timbuktu content management system, um, you know, in, in reference to the, to the famous library, um, it, 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 the RSS gives us URLs. We then pull the full content from those links. We run it through some um, AI engines that do what's called natural language processing, looking for people, places, things, etc. And and we and we use that to try to show how this is linked to this because of, of you know that that of uh, common common um, information. And yeah. then you know we display it on the website. We have our daily uh, Black Fact of the Day email that goes out for anyone who joins. Um, my nice. partner's been getting videos made for every day of the year. We got them all the way through February now. Little one-minute Black History Minute videos. We're going to start doing emails of that. Um, there's also a Black Facts widget that folks can sign up for. If you want Black History on your website, it's all the same content. So what we're, what we're doing is we grab this content in, you know, we organize it together, and then we're, we're syndicating it out. 
Um, yeah. We have but, tools for public crowdsourcing stuff. They're offline probably for the next couple of months because I'm because I'm like the one person development shop. Yeah. Um, you know, and when we do that, we then have five categories that we will um, categorize them in. Either yeah, we know this is legit. Yeah, it's legit, but man, them typos is just, is, is, is kicking. Um, you know, you know, uh, we think this is legit, but we need you to provide some some kind of source that says, like, you know, you know, you know, your your great granddaddy was the first black lawyer in Nashville, for example. You know, yeah. it might be off topic, like, okay, but that's not really this. And then there's not 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 dog. Robert Craig is the first black podcaster. Who is that? Yeah, yeah, right, right. Well, 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 well. Actually, on the last one, I'm what I'm really expecting is you know the the racist and stuff. You know, oh, okay. the, the racist stuff. Um, at that point, we are going to need some fact checkers, etc. You know, we're we're about to embark on everything from a crowdfunding campaign to trying to get more word. Right now, we're just trying to get the word out because we've been doing this yeah. since '97. But because right. you know we suck at marketing. A lot of people don't know that we're out there, yeah. so we're trying to get the word out. Um, you know, see if we can, if if enough folks in the community are willing to support what we're doing, so we can hire some folks, et cetera, et cetera. So that's kind of two 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 quick questions. The first one is: <clears throat> is that black facts? Is it focused on American blacks? Amer- is it focused on Black Americans, or is it like the history of blacks? Like even going back to like, you know, well, 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 well yeah. okay. Our vision definitely diaspora, and okay. and and so for example in um, on blackfacts.com/news we call the Wakanda News Service we we use Wakanda liberally um, in our in uh, some of our products because a subtext of the whole Wakanda narrative is that the thing that allowed the Wakandans to to keep their culture pristine was advanced technology that they mm-hmm. owned and controlled. And that is what we're looking to just socialize that idea out there that we do tech too. And we control, this is all, we control all the stuff we're doing. So anyway, yeah, the Wakanda News, we're pulling news headlines from 160 sources around the globe. And I made sure that we pulled Caribbean, you know, and got about five, six different African nations out of the 58 or so. Um, you know, so most of the content is U.S., but that's because... Most of the content, you know, that we've yeah. gotten a- access to, yeah. right? Where we want to end up going is, is you know, to find um, folks who, whether they're professional journalists or you know, amateur folks, to you know, be black facts griots who they go and they post what you know, post stuff that they want. They want if they want to build up their own little area, that's great. We want to promote. You know, we're oh, looking to be awesome. the infrastructure. Because we're not historians or scholars, and we don't, we're not trying to play that on the internet. We're looking to be the technology infrastructure that can capture information about black people, wherever it comes from, you know, whoever's doing it, and then, and then deliver it back in organized ways. Mm, That's okay. kind of the, the gist of, of what... That's you know, what, really cool. That's really cool. See, and I, I didn't say anything about SQL and... APIs and stuff like that. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, I work for a company called Triple Byte, and we're a recruiting Familiar software. With them, yes. Yeah. They, so I, I speak with, you know, I'm, I'm kind of in, in the industry. Obviously, I'm a salesperson, so I don't need to know all the nitty gritty. So I'm, I'm curious though for the natural language processing part. When, when you're getting this data, 
Are you then using like keywords like history or like black or like to basically shift through what may not be relevant, you know? Oh man, you're asking some great questions. Right, right, right. And I've got two separate, I've got two separate answers for that, right? When we when we just have a URL uh-huh. that we pull the content from, the different engines, they do whatever they do. You know, and 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 pull stuff, right? So for example, I think I used um Nashville, but I think Memphis is a better one, right? Um, if something was about Memphis, Tennessee, it might have like Elvis Presley, you know. And so if there were two articles, you know, you know, someone who, you know, our Elvis took his music or something, or whatever, you know, they might be linked on Elvis, but that's not really what we were trying to link them by. The computer can't understand the context of things. And there's a lot of junk that we get in terms mm-hmm. of linked things. I've got some things on, quote, paper on how we can improve that. But the good news, the much better news is that um, when we look at the data from a different direction, um, meaning that we have what we call black facts, quote, channels, which are like like curated um, sets of info that right now some of the channels have what I'm about to describe and some don't. The ones that do like... Um, Women, maybe social justice. I'd I'd have to look at a list. What we did was we said, we're going to pick some keywords that we believe, you know, if they were found by the engines, then then it's relevant. You know, because, you know, we're not going to put Elvis as a keyword then. You know, so, so articles that we find based on curated keywords we have a higher level of confidence about those than things that were linked just because that's what the engine found. You know, you said something, you know, something about Boston and the other thing did too. It may not, you know, may not yeah. be relevant. So hopefully I answered your question. No, it does. But, well, but, but you know what, um, you know, as someone who's in like in the career, you know, kind of industry, one of several things that we're looking forward to um, doing is, bringing in enough money to be able to hire some like some data scientists and things like that because i don't know and i'm not going to know that stuff you know you know Mm -hmm. i'm like the you know build the software architecture and apis guy and you know i'm I'm good with the database schemas and stuff i don't know the the natural language stuff and it wouldn't make sense for me to do that yeah, and that's those are two. That's the that's the beauty about software engineering too. Is like there's so many different types of engineers, like front end, back end, data, Absolutely. machine learning, uh, mobile. <laughs> like there's a lot of different engineers. Absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah. I and mean, we would love to find folks who want to do create some black software. That's been yeah. my kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, you know. We do not have a you know a Tiger Woods, William Sisters. An Obama or a Kamala, like golf, In tennis, and politics have, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. um, and 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 frankly, you know, I'm 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 about to be 58, like next week, right? You know, there are ideas that we have on the table, like BlackPeople.com. I've had that name since the 90s. That is probably like the killer social network, you know, kind of site. I'm too old to be the front man for that. We need to buy <laughs> some young blood, you know, to get involved and. In, in, and do that, right? Blackpeople.com or yeah, yeah, it, it'll go to Black Facts right now. But yes, mm-hmm. oh, you have that. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I had that since 1996. 
Oh, he's he's been about so it. Me, he's been about let it. Me right? this, let me ask you this: Have have people or organizations come to him like, "Hey, we want that that name"? Interestingly enough, not that one. Oh, okay. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Although there was a company out of China that was trying to do a cyber squat um, sort of thing with with the a, a misspelling, like, you know, maybe like a malware, you know, phishing kind of thing. I I right. I, I had backordered that domain black p. P O E P L E, whatever, you know, for like 10 years before I was able to grab it. I was like, you shady. <laughs> Blackfacts.com is also a really strong, a strong uh, name as well. Oh, well, well, yes. Yeah. So we, well, one of the things we love to say um, is that not for black history, but for the phrase black facts, we are like the number one search position on all the major search engines. Um, you know, wow. not first page, like the number one, you know. So, so yes, yes, we really want to, you know, get that name out there and all. And, you know, we really, really want to find, you know, other creative black folks who, and like you said, there's such a range, you know, from visual design kind of things, marketing, um, um, you know, you know, you know there's, especially since last year, there's a whole lot more emphasis on diversity. You know, right. we've got some diversity oriented projects that we believe folks in the diversity industry would be, you know, would really be interested in. So there's a whole lot of potential things. We're just trying to, you know, get through. We're just trying to make it to February 1 right now. (laughs) (laughs) Now I'm sure February is going to be a big month. I'm sure. And well, let me ask you this. Historically has February, have you seen more traffic go to black facts around February? Absolutely. Um, yeah. You know, on average, we get like about 1.6 million visitors a month. Um, and there's a wow. social network following of about 200,000. Um, the in Black History Month, my partner is the one who watches the dashboards and stuff, you know, to know how many times it's a multiplier for sure. You know, of um, it, it starts around Martin Luther King Day. And I think it, it starts to go down around the middle of, um, of March. But yeah. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Yeah, 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 yes, yes. We want to get into like the, you know, you know, millions of members and this and that and the other, you know, you know, all under the banner of independent black software company. Yeah. You don't hear those words together in a sentence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was, there's, I, I don't know the name of the company. There was a company that recently raised a round of funding and they were valued at like a billion dollars. So they're a unicorn, but it's a black owned company. Um, but yeah, it is rare. It is. Yeah, it is rare. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, well, you know. Okay, so then what are the? I mean, you you talk about how you kind of want to expand, and you know, you want to get some data analysts and some marketers. Uh, you know, how often are you, you know, maybe utilizing LinkedIn? Because I feel like that's a really great place now for people to connect and, you know, get the word out. And even also partnering with, you know, different organizations, whether that's with schools or there's like, uh, you know, Afrotech, which is kind of puts on a conference, but they kind of have like a group of folks or like people of color in tech. I think those are really great groups that, you know, Black Blacks can utilize to get some of that great Black talent that, that you may be looking for to kind of, you know, Help do help help y'all with some of the work that you don't have all the time to do. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, at, um, I think I'm trying to remember because I think I just joined another one the other day. I'm in about a half dozen Black Slack workspaces on LinkedIn. Mm. Um, you know, uh, um, several you know Black tech kind of groups in Facebook. Also, what I 
my observations suggest that 99% of the folks are, you know, either new and or, you know, trying to get a job. Because we do not have, um, you know, a big stack of money to pay people. And, yeah. and, and, and to be quite candid, initially, we got to work with folks who can hit the ground running. Because I've kind yeah. of been there, done that before on the, you know, helping train somebody. And it's like you can move fast or you can train folks. Hard to do both at the same time. Um, you know, so we may not be able, realistically able to take on new people until at the very least we have enough people so that, you know, it doesn't mean that I'm, you know, you know, working with them all day and then I got to do my stuff at night, you know, which was my experience when I was doing inner city software, you know, um, you know, so not sure how quickly we can realistically take on, you know, a lot of the new folks and the older yeah. folks are generally, Hey, I need to get paid. Right. You know, so um, so that's been the conundrum that I see as well yeah. as well as just the idea of, you know, doing something for ourselves seems exactly. I, I, I've, I've joked that, you know, if I did not know better, I think that the character, the man from the Undercover Brother movie had put something in all of our food so that when when <laughs> black folks think about, you know, doing our own tech thing like we get a pain in our side or something so we stop thinking about it because nobody's talking about it yeah you know or people are taught might talk about it and i say great cool you know can can, can you show me some links of something you've done and it's crickets <laughs> you know, like you know because because i don't know maybe it's just me but you know if somebody says that they're a painter I expect them to, you know, either have paint on their clothes or you go in their house and it's full of paintings, you know. Right, you're a right. musician, you know, if you say yeah, you're a rapper, you need to be able to freestyle on the spot, you know. Like, folks are like, yeah, yeah, let's do this, let's do this. Let's start our own this and that. But to be honest, I've seen the same sort of thing in the community with folks who, you know, like BLM is big now, but, you know, there's always been folks who are like, yeah, let's do a revolution, revolution, you know. And I'm like, and I, when I used to be very involved with community things, it's like, that sounds good. But if you could show that you can run your, a neighborhood, you know, chapter of your organization, that'll be a good start. Cause you ain't doing that. So why am I going to give you the keys to the car to run the country? You know, so what I would love to see are some Yo Mama programs, some, you know, let me see, you know, little stuff, simple yeah. baby steps. No, um, you make a good, you, make you know, a good let's point. get started doing something. Yeah. Yeah. So that we can then build on that. Well, that's the hardest part. You know, a lot of people will have ideas. A lot of people will have these ambitions and desires. But getting started is half the battle. Like just mm -hmm. even, taking, even if it's just taking one step at a time. I mean, how about this? I would love if you can actually just share what piece of advice would you give to, uh, to someone that they have an idea in their head. Let's say it's for a software company. Um, what advice would you, what's the next step that you would say, do this and you'll be on your way. Yeah, yeah. If it only was that simple, right? So, yeah, I mean, look, I've been doing this for a while and I haven't figured it out yet because I'm not, you know, I'm, 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 you know, yeah. I'm, so, so I'm not going to speak, try to speak as an expert as much as. But just from your experience. Yeah, as much as, um, man, just, just, you know, I guess, you know, realize that, that everything takes time. 
And, and no matter how good an idea you think it is, that doesn't mean that it's going to be successful, right? Doesn't mean don't try it. Yeah, you know, there's been stats forever around, you know, you know, so many companies, you know, don't make it or whatever. And it's like, you know what? Yes, you know, despite the fact that you're smart, you're serious, you're committed, you know, there's a good chance, you know, the first couple of, it's going to take a few passes before you get it. But don't let that take the wind out of your sails, you know, um, 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 in almost any field of endeavor, the people who we view as successful usually had lots of non-successes, you know, mm. before that. So maybe if there's one thing that 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 might be the thing to look out for would be to try and find people who can, you know, cheer, be your cheerleaders, but also keep you grounded. You, you know, you know, because. You know, I, I've lost track of the number of folks who, you know, they just decided last weekend, it seems like, oh, I'm going to create this program and it's going to be disruptive. And it's blah, blah, blah. And ain't done thing to first, you know, before. But they just fantasize that they're just going to come in and, you know, and it's like I, I, I find it challenging to talk to some of those folks because they're completely convinced that they've got, you know, the, the you know, the quote, you know, greatest things in sliced bread. And it doesn't mean that they don't, but you know, there's a 20 bazillion other people who thought the same thing as them, you know, et cetera. Also, the best idea doesn't necessarily become the winning idea. Yeah. You, you know, we, we don't necessarily use the best, you know, cars, computers, you know, digital devices or whatever, you know, we use the stuff that was marketed the best. So right. I mean, inside the technical person though, here's one thing that, that, you know, if I knew then whatever, you know, I would say recognize that the, once things become industrialized, other forces come into play. And if you can find, you got to find someone who knows how to talk to the business people and, and, you know, and knows how to market, et cetera. Like, you know, like I did with my partner. Um, yeah, you know, so we didn't work closer back in the day because he was working on a lot more corporate projects. You know, when I was a lot more, I was too community oriented, working on stuff that didn't make no money. He had like two dozen, a staff of two dozen. He couldn't mess with, you know, stuff I was doing, you know. Um, you know, but we stayed friends and, you know, we're working together now. He is the first person that I can think of who had the level of skill and the integrity. Mm. You know, those are my two criteria. You know, if you because if you if you if you come up short on either one. You know, you're either, you know, you're going to end up in the poorhouse in jail or both, you know? <laughs> so, you know, so yeah, find, find other people who can, you know, who, who, who know you, trust you, believe in you, whatever, you know, who can help um, even out, balance out the areas where, where you're not, you know, strong in and, and see and figure out ways to, you know, to work together to, you know, to make something happen. That's okay. Okay some of the kind of things that I would, I would encourage people to think about, you know? Oh, that sounds like excellent advice to me. And you, you gave a lot of advice. And um, so when you get, I, when you I, get old, you tend to do that. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. This, this is what we need on the show. This is what the show yes. is all about. We, we want to be a show, you know, it's real, it's casual, it's conversation, but there's gems in here. If you're really listening to the conversation, there's things that you can learn and uh, or at least be inspired. I'm inspired by just talking to you. 
uh, and having this conversation yeah. with you. Um, Excuse you know, me. I, and and, uh-huh. and you have no idea how inspiring it is for you know those of us who haven't seen that many folks you know pick up the baton and and run you know yeah so you know, I'm, I'm 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 very serious and and you know at the, at the risk of like eating up all of our time like like anecdotes <laughs> like like back in the day um, Inner City Software did all the salt the website work for a company that unfortunately uh-huh. has been forgotten called Blackside Productions. Okay. Their claim to oh. fame was the documentary Eyes on the Prize about the civil rights era. Mm-hmm. And I remember we did this presentation for a project to their board of directors who were like civil rights luminaries and stuff. And they and after the meeting, they pulled it, they asked us to come back in. And they basically said they just wanted to um, thank us for doing what we were doing because it showed them that their sacrifices were not in vain. Mm. <laughs> you know, I love that. Yeah. Love yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I teared up a little then, you know, I'm holding it back now, you know, you know, because it's like, you, you know, you know, the, the people that we celebrate, you know, you know, we read document, we see documentaries and this and that, and they're heroes to us, but they're people, mm-hmm. yeah. you, you know, and they, and many of them, you know, put everything on the line to to try and move things forward and you know i will hold my generation in contempt for the most part that i really feel we dropped the ball in terms of making sure that we used our access to power our access to wealth etc to make sure that we helped quote uplift the race and you know so you know so i'm inspired you know you know you know, I know I'm gonna do my best to stick around, you know, for several more decades, you know, <laughs> <laughs> so that so that y'all can can take it, you know, to places that I can't imagine. That's what it's well, about. I know yeah. I, I know for a fact that, you know, I'm glad we, we were able to hop on this this call today and and. And meet you, and meet you the the COVID way, you know, through the virtually. <laughs> but, yeah, um, yeah, I, I, I heard I heard that there's this thing called social distancing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, but, I'm the nerd who likes to work from home. So I want to I want to know once you know because it sounds like okay, so next week is going to be a big week for you know Black Facts as you all kick off Black History Month. Is there anything that we can do to support? Is there anything that our listeners can do to support the you know BlackFacts.com? Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, um, especially if you, you know, wait about a week until I get our updated, you know, <laughs> join and, and donate pages up. <laughs> okay. But, but um, okay, so in February, we're going to be announcing a few very unique kinds of, of um, content um, demonstrations. I mean, they're actually up now, but we haven't really formally announced them, right? You know, one I mentioned earlier, our Black Facts Minute, 60-second videos on one event in black history. Today actually happens to be the birthday of Arturo Schomburg, whose name you might say, oh, Schomburg, Center of Research in Black Culture, right. Um, yeah, if you go to Black Facts right now, you will see, um, actually, we, we run it on universal time. So in, within, within the next 20 minutes from now, it's actually going to change to tomorrow. But on the 24th of... Of January, you'll see birthday of Arturo Schomburg. So, you know, every day of the year, you will be able to see a little Black History thing. We also have our Black History Heroes series that we did Martin Luther King on his day. Um, I think we published the Marcus Garvey one, which it blew my mind because 
it, we have an audio clip of Marcus Garvey. I didn't know there were any audio clips of him, right? Wow. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And early, earlier today, uh, my partner showed me, um, um, or he, he, he slacked me the Kamala Harris one, because uh, I, I, I got to proofread everything, because he's horrible <laughs> with that. <laughs> we, we have our lanes, right? And so um, we also are going to be doing this. So we're going to be doing these heroes. The heroes are like four minute or so videos. Um, okay. We're doing one we call the Divine Nine series. Um, my partner is um, mm -hmm. in the Phi Beta Sigma fraternity. I'm in Cap Alpha Psi. That's why I got the red and white uh, version of the, of the black bags. He got a blue, okay. I got a blue and white one for him. And so we, we have, um, you know, these four minute showcases on, on all the predominantly black fraternities and sororities. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you know, so the, and all of our content, and when you go to the page, you'll see something about that person or whatever. And below it, you'll see these quote fat cards, little snippets that where they're mentioned or about them or whatever, you know, nothing like this out on the Internet. Next month, we're going to be launching our crowdfunding campaign. You know, this is a quote, rewards crowdfunding, meaning you don't get jack. <laughs> you get your name on something. No, no, it's not an investment kind of or equity sort of thing. Uh, we might have the shirts, depending on the logistics. Um, there might be one of those, you know, wait two weeks, you know, kind of thing, because we're, it's just me and him right now, you know. Um, so, you know, it's just very, I'm just very real about, you know, our, our capacity to do certain things. Yeah. Um, Yes, and yeah, and so, yeah, so there are things like that. Yeah, Black History Month, come check us out. We're gonna have better information about things that are going on within the next few months. We we hope to open our HBCU gallery. You know, we we've grabbed um, information on notable people and events in all the 104 historically black colleges and universities. We got some really beautiful templates that look better than the Black Fact site. That you know that we're, we're going to fill them up with, so yeah, you know, yeah. There's a bunch of things. Just, just keep coming back. <laughs> okay, just, just, just basically, just keep checking in every day. There'll be something new, something good to check out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or if, if you join, and you can join as a quote premium member now. You know, we say, okay. you, you know, the the quote silver level is one Tubman a year, and the gold level is two quote Tubmans a year. For features that we haven't built out yet, <laughs> we're gonna build them out. <laughs> you know, um, and that's that my job every like, day. Is I'm selling, I'm selling, I'm selling. When you're a salesman at a startup, you're mostly selling stuff that hasn't come out yet. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but we'll see. The thing is, we've been doing this since 1997, right? Like we were the first yeah. Black History search engine, you know, out right. there. But we weren't selling nothing. We're just giving it all away and right. putting funding it all out of our own pockets yeah. you know yeah. so so yeah so we like we say yeah, if you if you like what we're doing and you want to throw us a bone we appreciate it you, you know um the more formal crowdfunding kind of thing is coming you know and we do have pitch decks and this and that but like you know you mentioned the whole like so-and-so raised some money quite frankly the in investment community has, has showed no interest in what we're doing you know mm -hmm. um we believe that the crowdfunding will because that's based on more about, hey, I think this is important. And yeah. we can show you how we believe we're going to make money, but we're not going to go and tell you, oh, this is going to be a trillion dollar business. Right, right, you know, right. You know, but, you know, don't know. Maybe it will. Maybe it won't. What I say is, um, you know, maybe it only makes 10, 20 million a year. Might not be enough for a high roller like you, but we'll be good with that. Yeah, no, it's, and it's all <laughs> about 
impact and meaning. So exactly. I, I know I know we've gone over uh, a little bit, but see, uh, I do that. That's why I warned <laughs> you. See, it's it's all good. It, it, this has been a wonderful conversation, and I, I want to really, you know, from the bottom of my heart, thank you, Ken, for your time today, for sharing your your story with us, and for joining the podcast. Yes, thank you so much. Thank, thank you, Zakia. Thank you, Robert. Again, you know, folks like you help me say, you know, quite frankly, you know what? Damn, I should have just, you know, gone the easy route, you know, which because that was always available for me. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you know, it was a conscious choice to try and, and and do something to, you know, to try to push the ball forward. And you guys, to me, you represent. The, the wisdom of those decisions. So, yeah. thank you. Yes.